While the contents within this podcast are dark by nature, we as a group try to keep it light and fun. However, we mean no ill will to the cultures that we talk about through this podcast. If the jokes made upset or disturb you, we as a collective urge you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions. Viewer discretion is advised. So, what's new with you guys? Not much. Just living the dream, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Uh, not much. I've been playing that Stranded Deep game. That's pretty good. Which one's Stranded Deep? The rafty one that's not salt and not raft. Yeah, it looks like it's very similar to Subnautica, maybe? I haven't played it, but, Mm. like, all of its trailers and material look very much the same. That's the one with the plane crash, right? Yeah, well, they both have a plane Uh... crash, and you're both into Tropical Island, and you both have to, like, gather resources and survive and uh, presumably rebuild your plane and fly back to civilization. Oh. Well, Subnautica is, like, 3,000 years in the future, though. Oh. Well, that's a major difference. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so is it a plane or is it a spaceship? It was a plane in Stranded Deep. <laughs> okay, here we go. What's that one that's kind of like that, but you're in a forest? The forest. I think it's the forest. <laughs> I think there's a. <laughs> oh yeah, I think yeah, there's that a one. sequel coming out soon for that one. Oh, uh, that that one's fucked up. That one's got some creepy. Ass. That also has a a plane crash as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one's got the like yeah. weird fucking zombie i don't know what they are it's like multi-armed things yeah yeah you've been streaming a lot right like you said once a week yeah once a week um if i'm actually unemployed come january 28th (laughs) i'll be streaming every day nice god willing right (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually kind of looking forward to that but like how many people have you got watching now oh max like four (laughs) it's not going to start somewhere yeah exactly uh, I was checking out, I haven't played it yet, but I bought uh, Rust. I'm going to try that out. It kind of seems like one of those type of games, but it's like on a multiplayer server. Oh. It's all like a player driven experience, I guess. So if you like, like each first Thursday of the month, the server gets like wiped clean and everybody starts from scratch and then uh, people will build bases and make like Mad Max style fucking like gangs and shit and you'll do like supply raids on other people's like hideouts and stuff and anything mad max and i'm fucking down man yeah you should check it out and you jesse what's new with you you know just school and yakuza that's it that's my life now (laughs) school and yakuza school misery and yakuza (laughs) that's a good trilogy yeah good way to live (laughs) not necessarily in that order how much have you played yakuza so I think I have like forty hours in it. Actual <laughs> so playtime, like a full time just... job for the last week is what you yeah. put into it. <laughs> Didn't you pretty, only get that much. game like two weeks ago or a week ago? Um, I mean, you don't have to call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, it's it's COVID times, man. Mm. Play games. And school just started, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Night of the Podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm losing the will to live. <laughs> I'm, I'm Justin. Still happy and the only living lifeblood of the podcast, it seems. <laughs> yeah. You're giving us the will to live and keep going with this. I guess so. It's that youthful exuberance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. So what are we talking about today? Okay, we are going to sit down and recount 
my experience at Zach Baggins' famous haunted museum in downtown Las Vegas. Ooh. It was uh it was an experience. That's for sure. He's the Hobbit, right? Sorry? He's the Hobbit? Yes, yeah, you, when I he, when I went there he was very small. <laughs> or is that Bilbo Baggins that I'm thinking of? Very hairy feet. Nice. <laughs> Do you think that's why why he works out so much to compensate for being so short? This, oh my god, could you imagine if he was just like a buff ass little hobbit? <laughs> That'd scare the shit out of me. No wonder ghosts don't, like, want to fuck with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went there October of last year, and I really enjoyed it. October two years ago now, because last year was 2020. Okay, yeah, sorry. October 2019. It was very cool. I don't know if I would do it again. Oh? But it was interesting. I think I'd wait another year or two before I went back. Okay. Did it cost a lot? It was, I think, 50 US per person. Holy fuck. Yeah, and it was like a three and a half hour long tour. Oh, that's not too bad then. Not worth it. Yeah. No. So I was talking with my pal Beth, so she's gone as well, and there was some different things that happened and some things that correlated, so I'll talk about that. But when you first get there, it's a, apparently it was an actual mansion- and it's 11,000 square feet, and it was uh, it was owned by this family, like, way in the past, and apparently it's haunted, and then Zach bought it and redid the inside into this museum, and it still, like, looks like a house on the inside, but it's very clearly, like, tons of more rooms have been added and blah, 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 but it still kind of has that, like, vintage, like, Victorian-era house kind of vibe okay so you get there you walk into this like front wrought iron gate and there's like a dude at a podium you stand in line you go up to the podium and then you get a clipboard with a 10 page waiver and you get sent to walk around to the back of the house and stand in line to then go back to the front of the house to go in I have a question about the waiver. Yes. Was it just like a generic waiver? It was generic, but also extremely specific. Oh. So it was like generic, like legal jargon, but then it was also like, if anything haunts you or your heirs or agents or anything, <laughs> we are not like liable. Um, if anything follows you home, we're not liable, yada, yada. Oh, I see. They're just trying to spook you. Yeah. You know, I had to sign a waiver once to have really hot wings. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Where? <laughs> yeah, because I guess they were so hot that if you had like any kind of stomach lining issues, you could bleed out and die. It was at um, <laughs> Jungle Gyms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know the wings. I know the wings. Yeah. Seen... They, were they bad? Like, were they, were they waiver worthy? They were pretty fucking hot. They didn't yeah. have any flavor, though, and it took like 30 seconds for the heat to kick in. But um... once it did, it just wouldn't go away. Yeah, you know how, like, they're wings, so obviously you eat them with your fingers. Yep. The skin underneath my fingernails burned for three days. Oh. <laughs> I bet you if you had any, like, cuts or hangnails on your fingers. Oof. Yeah. yeah, I would just cut my hands off at that point. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, you stand in line, and it wraps around basically the whole building. So, like, the podium's at the front where the entrance is. You get your waiver from the podium, and it's like a, like a valet kind of podium. So you like go up to this dude, get your waiver with your clipboard, then you walk around behind the house, and then you wait in line to get to the front. 
And while you're along, like, the side of the house, there's, like, six 50-inch TVs, like, mounted to the outside walls, just playing, like, clips from, like, different episodes of Ghost Adventures that deal with objects that will be in the museum. And, like, people being like, oh, my God, people died in this museum, bro. Just, you know, like, typical Ghost Adventures stuff where they're just freaking out about everything. Yeah, they're just getting you hyped up. Yeah, but it's, like, a one-minute clip. And I was probably waiting in line for, like, an hour. So I just saw that one-minute clip, like, constantly. And I was, I was like, ready to just, like... I was like, I've, I, I don't need to go in now. Like, I... <laughs> so you get finally to the front. And then you go into a staging room. And this is, like, we haven't even paid anything yet. So it's, like, laser tag kind of thing. Yeah. So then you go into the staging room. And then you pay. And they take groups of, like... 10 to 14 people at a time and in the stage room there's just a bunch of like oddities like marionettes and like creepy dolls and like pickled fetuses and you know the typical affair <laughs> yeah there's a bunch of photos of like different celebrities in that room with zach baggins and there was like um sid haig and bill mosley and uh, rob zombie was in one and some others oh cool you just wait in there until you kind of get like a green light and we were waiting in there, and I, 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 we were with a mother and a daughter in our group, and the m- daughter was probably younger than me at the time. She was probably, like, 20 at the time, and she was, like, very, very into it. This was, like, her one thing, and her mom was so scared. She had, like, a pocket <laughs> Bible, like, in her clutches, like, like grasping it like so scared i mean i kind of like understand like if that was the trip you went on and that was the one thing you wanted to do yeah it would be nice if they did it with you but like i don't know that poor lady was so scared that if that was my mom i would be like you know what it's not worth it because like she was terrified (laughs) but she went through it anyway and probably so not the best bet. Is there like an age limit on this thing? I think you had to be 16, I believe, to go in. What about a height limit? Like, you know, on a no, roller coaster? No, no height limit. <laughs> no? Because okay. Zach Baggins is a hobbit. They can't, <laughs> that's true. They can't enforce something like that. I guess that's true. So then once you're done in the staging room and you've paid and you get the green light, you get brought into like this open courtyard This is where something between my trip and Beth's trip was different. Uh, She said she went later at night at like nine or something. So she went straight from the staging room out into the courtyard and then into the first room. And then the tour begins. We went into the courtyard and then there was like a magician that did like he was like a stand up comic and a magician and a freak show act. We just watched that for like 20 minutes outside. Uh, that sounds awesome. It was really cool. And he he had like Marilyn Manson music like blasting. It was really cool. <laughs> it was like almost like a pre-show. Yeah. And so I'm assuming it was just because I went evening just before dinner time. So it was probably like very peak hours. So they probably so just. So have you, sorry, have you seen We're Back with the Dinosaurs? No. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Okay, so in this movie, these dinosaurs get transported to, like, present time. Mm-hmm. And there's two brothers that are both 
scientists, I guess you would call them or something. Okay. But one gives the dinosaurs smart pills. And then they turn into like big balloony cartoon dinosaurs that are fun and <laughs> they they show kids stuff and whatever for okay. a traveling act. But then the evil brother gives them these things called brain drain, which <laughs> turns them into like dinosaurs, like real dinosaurs or whatever. Okay. But what I'm getting to is so they it's at a carnival thing that these dinosaurs are at and there's magicians exactly like how you described it okay like it's heavy metal music and there's flames everywhere yeah. and there's like a bunch of crows and stuff <laughs> okay and it, this would have been better without having to explain the whole thing <laughs> i was just i was gonna say is it like we're back oh but obviously no one's seen that fucking movie so it doesn't really matter i guess sounds interesting is it like a is it a comedy sounds like it's supposed to be a comedy well, it's like a kid's cartoon. Like, I think it was like a Warner Brothers oh, thing or something. <laughs> I used to love that movie. It was a good movie. The movie is 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a good movie. <laughs> so it's got like a red blue, red pill, blue pill type story. Yeah. Um, sure. You can go that way. Yeah. And. The good brother was like an allegory for God okay. or something, because he was like a time-traveling Jesus type, and then <laughs> at the end, he, spoiler alert for a movie no one's going to fucking watch anyways, <laughs> but at the end, he comes and saves the dinosaurs. Oh, the brother's name is Screw Eye, because he has a screw for an eye. Very original. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if he was born with the screw eye. It, it doesn't matter. But at the end, a bunch of crows come and kill his brother and eat, and take the screw mm. out of his eye. Because mm -hmm, it's shiny. Leave, sorry, they leave only the screw. So they oh. descend down, eat him, <laughs> That's the complete leave the opposite. screw. Oh my I, God. I haven't seen the movie since I was like six or something. So, <laughs> so you've seen it, but not for 27 years. However many years. <laughs> yeah, that just, it's how ingrained in my memory. Okay. Is. Well, there you go. I have just one question. You said that the guy who gives them the good pills mm -hmm. makes them smart. Dr. Bright Eyes, I think, is his name. And then his brother is Dr. <laughs> Screw Eye. Okay, so Dr. Bright Eyes. Professor, Eye sorry. Is. Professor. He's Satan, though, right? And Captain New, Captain New Eyes, <laughs> Professor Screw Eyes. But they're brothers. Okay, well, the good one, he's Satan, right? Because he's giving <laughs> knowledge to the dinosaurs. That's what Satan did to humans. Uh. <laughs> I mean. Oh, I know this movie. Like, I've yeah. seen these characters. They look like knockoff um, Land Before Time characters. I feel like this came out before Land Before Time, but I'm not entirely sure. Let's look it up. To answer your question, it would be considered <laughs> a adventure comedy, I believe, Justin. They're in New York, Ooh. and the T-Rex okay. fucking does a sick 5-0 grind over Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> with a cop car. The first Land Before Time came out mm. five years before no. Fair enough. we were back. Yeah, so then there's the heavy metal freak show mm -hmm. magician guy, and he does his thing for a few minutes, and then you get to go ahead to go into the museum, and the museum is 
kind of weird in the sense where you go through probably about 20 to 30 different rooms. I would say every like three to five rooms, your tour guide changes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. You'd have like a tour guide that does like this section of the museum and then they pass off to another tour guide and then they do this section and then they pass you off to another one and they do that section. And like the rooms are kind of like themed in sections. So it's kind of like each guide is like, quote unquote, an expert of like a particular topic. Mm. Okay. And the museum was, again, really cool, but there's a lot of stuff that made it really attraction-y and cheesy. Who would have thought? At the same time. Who would have <laughs> thought? And the first room you go into, it's just a, a, like a room of oddities, like um, mannequins of like clowns and bones and like just typical like oddities, like taxidermy, just weird stuff. And they kind of just give you like a basic, this is what the museum's like and... Yeah, so it's basically what you would expect from just an oddities room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like typical. Is this place like packed constantly or, sorry, when did you say you went? Fall? I went October 2019. So it was like, for I think the time we went, obviously being October, it was like probably Mm -hmm. more packed than Like if you went mid-March, would it be like an hour wait kind of thing? Maybe? I don't know. Like it seems pretty popular. But I think the reason why the wait time is so long is because they spread out the groups. Because mm. I think they take 10 people, and then I don't think they'll take another 10 people until the first tour guide passes off their group. So they have to do their like first three to five room mm-hmm. spiel. Then the tour guide will come back to the beginning, reset with the next group. So there's like a 30 minute wait. Seems very inefficient. Like it was a slow process to mm. get in. But I mean... At the same time, when you're in it, it's slow and you get like a lot of time to look at everything. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes that $50 like kind of worth it. But I mean, like that's still pretty steep per Mm -hmm. person, especially Mm -hmm. US considering we're in Canada. I mean, it's a pretty specialized thing. And then the other thing is they're probably not going to want to do too large groups because all of it's like breakable and you're going to have people who are, you know, and the rooms are right in there, like packed with shit packed and like most of it in most rooms there's specialized pieces that are like encapsulated in like glass but um most of it's just like open like you could just touch it yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it was from an like just an oddities perspective every room was so jam-packed with things you could spend like months just looking through everything it was really cool in that in that aspect it started off with that oddities room the um, tour guide basically said There's so much stuff in these rooms. If you want anything explained, like on a specific piece, you have to ask because we're just going to basically mention like the big pieces of the room and then move on. But if there's anything you want to know, you have to ask because we just don't have time to like explain everything. Mm. Yeah. And then the first cheesy thing that kind of set the mood. The thing about it makes me laugh. There's one of those, you know, those like Zoltan fortune teller machines. Oh, yes. They had one of those, and it was of Zach Baggins. Like, <laughs> he was in oh, the Zoltan, awesome. and you could go up, and you could put a dollar in, and Zach Baggins would give you a piece of advice for the tour, and then he'd print out a thing, and it was a quest. And if you did the quest, at the end of the tour, you'd get something. But they would pick people from the group to do it, so it wasn't like you could just go up and do it. So I, I don't know what you get, because I, I wasn't one of them. 
But you go up, you put your dollar in, and then Zach tells you some words of wisdom, and then spits out one of those like paper things that's like a fortune. And but it's like a thing, so it's like if you do this during the tour, then something happens. That's pretty cool. Which is kind of cool. Seeing like a puppet Zach Baggins in a Zoltan case. It's just like this is the most like ego. <laughs> like it was just so. I don't know, so Zach Baggins, you know? Yeah, I would expect no less from Zach right? Baggins. But, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> man, if I could pay someone to make a Zoltan thing of myself, right? I'd yeah. fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that and I was like, oh God, here we go. So what what kind of quest is it? Is it like find this item in the in the museum while you're doing your tour kind of thing? Or um, I know one of the person's quests and I'll explain it once we get to the room because it was a okay. specific thing. After this First room, then we go to the second room, which was all, like, vintage gambling. Ooh. Most of it was just, like, old Vegas gambling. I think it was kind of just put in, because, you know, it's in Vegas. The one cool piece they had in that room was they had Wyatt Earp's Bible. And okay. they had a chair sitting next to the Bible. And they the tour guide said that the chair was open, so that way, if the spirit of Wyatt Earp wanted to come sit and read his Bible, he could. That was pretty much it for that room. Then they take you to the Oddfellow Church, which, do you guys know the Oddfellows? Nope. Is that like the Odd Pigeons from Animaniacs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. So this is where one of the person's quests came into play. So the Oddfellows was like a, like, it was almost like a fraternity, but kind of a cult back, like, I think in the early 1900s. And basically, they would pay for people's funerals if they couldn't afford them, but that came at, like, a cost where they had to join the cult. Oh, I was going to say, is that, like, the buttercream game? But it's not at all, like, the buttercream (laughs) game. And so, to be a part of the cult, you had to lay in a coffin with a skeleton for an entire night and stare into the skeleton to embrace your mortality and understand that you will die. Okay. And so when you go into this room, it literally looks like a cathedral. And at the front of the room, there was a coffin with a legitimate skeleton on like the top half of the casket. But it had like a plexiglass thing, like holding it into the top half. Yep. And so the guy's quest was to go lay in the coffin and have the coffin closed for five minutes. Oh, okay. So the dude went, he decided to do it. Would you have done it? So everybody get got the chance to do it. That was the one thing I did not do. I don't know why, because I did way well, worse why. later on. <laughs> why? Because you're a puss in boots, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly why. I, I don't know. It was just like the first one, and I was kind of so, nervous, and I didn't really like get what the museum you, was. So this group, how many in a group again? Sorry? Uh, I think our group was like 12 people. So 12 people have to stand there for five minutes while this guy stands in a box? So... What they did for it was his specific quest Mm -hmm. that said five minutes. So if he chose to do that, he went in the casket and then there's like a bunch of like workers that are because like the museum's dark. Mm -hmm. Like you basically have to go by flashlight through the hallway. So there's a bunch of like workers that are kind of just like standing in the halls to make sure people don't get hurt. Mm. And I think what happened because we moved on. Because that was pretty much the only thing in that room. They kind of explained the odd fellows, and maybe we can do an episode on them. We can do more research because I don't really know much about them other than basically that. He went into the casket, 
and then a worker came in and then we left and i think he just kind of like got brought with us like when he was done okay so i don't know if he got like his reward after like i don't know if he got like a a t-shirt or something worth it yeah worth it (laughs) they put a lot of money into this like each room is very decorated well for 50 bucks a a pop (laughs) yeah i know yeah, but if you're going to a haunted house that's run by fucking Zach, not a haunted house, but a museum of curiosities, mm-hmm. yeah. would you expect any less? I would want it to be cheesy, and I would want it to be filled with all kinds of outrageous stuff. Yeah. It walked a really weird line where some stuff was extremely heavy, and some of it was so like over-the-top cheesy that I couldn't tell what it was trying to be. Like, I, I, Was it trying to be like a serious museum- about like serial killers and occult stuff or was it trying to be like this attraction-y thing is this on the strip or off the strip just off the strip it was like kind of more in like downtown ish oh yeah yeah. so we left that room and then we went into a small room and there was something hanging on the wall with like a cloth draped over it and then they're like oh blah 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 this is you know this room and I noticed in the corner, like, there's a bunch of artwork on, like, f- three of the walls. And then on one wall, it was just something draped in the middle with, like, a spotlight on it. So clearly that was, like, the centerpiece. Yeah. And it was just basic, like, creepy artwork. There's, in the Silent Hill movie, there's, like, that artwork where the, that witch is, like, tied to a ladder and she's being burned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that exact picture? Yeah, I think it was actually the movie prompt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it haunted? No, I, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just like cool, spooky, mm. looks scary. Because, you know. Yeah, I fits think the for aesthetic. The, for the lay person, it would be like, oh, this is so scary. Right. You know? Anyway. <laughs> so they're explaining what's in the room. They pull the drape off and it's just a mirror. But they have everybody stand off to the side of the mirror so you can't look into the mirror and they're like this was bella lugosi's mirror where he used to try scrying in oh so they said if you want you can step up to the line and stare into the mirror but be warned people have fainted and blah 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 (laughs) and so i was like okay i'm not gonna be a bitch anymore i'm gonna start doing all these things so i stared into the mirror and you can stare into it for like like 30 seconds you kind of just stand on the line and stare into the mirror I didn't feel anything, obviously, but like one guy in our group was like, oh, I feel lightheaded. It's also 7,000 degrees outside and we had to stand outside for like an hour and a half. So, you know, that might feed into it. Well, that and like, if you're already creeped out by this kind of stuff, they're trying to be mysterious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming like they can't just say these things are these things. Like they have to be legit right like i don't know like with it being a business like i'm assuming that's actually bella lugosi's mirror like i'm assuming they can't just take a mirror and be like this was bella lugosi's mirror you know yeah i'm assuming so and then they can embellish on that however they want yeah like do they have his mirror because he played a vampire is that the whole yeah I guess, or was Lugosi known for being, like, into occult stuff? Because, yeah, um, scrying, I guess you're not going to be able to scry through a mirror if you're a fucking vampire, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they said. Like, he apparently was very into the occult, and he would try scrying in this mirror, Can yada yada. For our listeners, what exactly is scrying? 
Basically, it's looking into like a crystal ball or something reflective or translucent in order to see apparitions or communicate with another side or kind of anything in that realm. Like you're just trying to see something. So was the mirror black? I mean, like the reflective part of it, because I thought that scrying mirrors were supposed to be black. No, it was just a regular mirror. Oh, okay. As far as I could tell, it was just like a regular mirror. Then they take you into the next room, which was basically just puppets, which was kind of another throwaway room. There wasn't really much in there. It was like there's marionettes and they were like strung up and the tour guide's like, oh, the marionettes move on their own. And you could like kind of see them moving, but like I'm 900% sure it was just like actuators or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or wind. But this was an important Again, turning point in the museum because it kind of turned it more into the attraction side once again, where you walked into the room and then you immediately get jump scared by somebody in a puppet mask. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so this is how it's going to be. <laughs> you you about to play me for a fool. I get it. So that was pretty much that whole room. They were just talking about marionettes and dolls. Just a lot of dolls. Guys then... and dolls. Or just some of that guys and dolls. <laughs> I think they were trying to make it a little lighthearted because the next few rooms are like really dark and like really real. And like we're pretty affecting because this is all like serial killer stuff. So like this shit's like real. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. The next room you go in and it looks exactly like a like a doctor's room. Yeah. Old school office or whatever. Yeah. So you're in there. And there's, like, another door in the office. Like, you walk in, and then at the back of the office, there's, like, a side door. So you walk in, and there's, like, an old CRT TV, and they play a clip for you, and it's all talking about Dr. Kevorkian. Ooh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So you think it's just this room. Like, it's made to look like his office. They're playing a thing about him. And then they're like, okay, let's go through the side door. You go through the side door. And it's like a massive warehouse room and they have his van, like his actual van, just there. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that he had a euthanasia van. Yeah, that was like his thing. Was it? Yeah, he'd drive to your house and... And hook you up and everything, but he would like make sure that you were the one that would administer Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, yeah, because I know that he was a big proponent for, like, terminal patients' right to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. So, like, when you go in, there was the van, and all along the walls, there was prayers, there was, like, memorials to all the victims, quotes from the victims. It was very peaceful in that room. Like, it wasn't played up to be, like, this thing. Are they... Are they victims if they wanted to... I, I guess not. Maybe that was wrong. But you, <laughs> no, the... I see where you're coming from. It's just that he was really stigmatized in the news. Very much And so, that yeah. was especially back from an era when like assisted suicide was really looked down upon. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like They didn't stigmatize him. Oh, okay. The, the room with his van wasn't to be like, look at the creepy man's van. It was like, let's respect these people who have passed. And oh. their decision to pass. Like, that's when I was like, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Like, this is actually informative and respectful and okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, maybe this is not just going to be some shitty, schlocky, jump scare, piece of shit museum. I like how know? they put this room right after the jump scare. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I think they were trying to lighten the mood before things got a little bit more serious. Yeah. 
The only thing that I really didn't like about that room was they had, like I said, they had the van, but they had the side door open and they had like dummies in the van. So it looked like somebody was putting a gas mask on somebody kind of thing. And I was like, did you need to do that? No, (laughs) you could have just had the van. You didn't need to have like a fucking diorama. But didn't he like do it in people's houses? Wasn't that the whole I think he did both, but like he did a lot in his van. I know that. I like know nothing about Dr. Kevorkian, so. I don't know much other than from what I learned there. Mm. If you were like a typical person who didn't know much about this stuff and your friends dared you to go in it and you went in it, you'd probably just think it's like so cool because you'd get so much information. But if you already know a lot of information, it's probably like this is very bare bones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never meet yeah, your I see heroes what you mean. kind of thing. Wikipedia says that Kevorkian was also a jazz musician and a musician and a composer. Nice. Oh. That's something I never knew. He had a limited release CD called Lucid Sub Jazz. <laughs> oh no, that's <laughs> the that's the label. Sorry. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> I really enjoyed that room solely because I th- actually thought it was done really well. Yeah. And then we go into the next room that they called the Murderabilia Room. Oh. Ugh. And so you walk in. <laughs> That's two different types of reactions. You walk in, and it basically was like you like once you walk into the room, you're in a jail cell. Then you leave the jail cell, and you can hear like inmates and shit like over speakers. And they just had like tons of shit from different serial killers. Like they had Charles Manson stuff. They had John Wayne Gacy stuff. They had fan art that was sent to the Night Stalker. Um, they had Ted Bundy's glasses. They had the Santa suit from that Santa serial killer. What Santa ser- serial killer? Santa Slays. <laughs> Bill- no, no, Bill- no. Goldberg. No. The, the wrestler? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. no. There, I, I guess there was an actual Santa serial killer. And he would, like, kill people, and then he would stuff them in barrels, but he would, like, cut their appendages so they could fit in barrels, and then he would try to, like... I don't know, put chemicals to, like, turn them into soup? Elves? Oh, my God. Toronto Shopping Mall. Holy shit, he's Canadian. Yeah. But they had his full Santa suit there. Wait, hold on. Was he a Santa or did he kill Santas? This article I'm reading, sorry, says one victim was posed wearing a fur coat with a cigar in his mouth. Some had their beards and heads shaved. Uh, He wore the suit. I don't know who he went for. (laughs) He was killing the competition. (laughs) Stop. <laughs> Maybe it's like um what's the Turbo Man movie? Jingle All the Way. Oh where yeah, they Jingle All the Way. Have like a Santa Fight Club. <laughs> like when they go to that warehouse. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And they had yeah. like, they had like um tons of photos from victims. And it was like like you were legit just looking at dead bodies. And there was Oh, that's morbid. Oh, the, there was stuff in this place that was really morbid. And there was one photo, and I'll never forget this photo. I'm curious if you'll be able to find it online. But it was basically from the cops, and they had took one of the barrels that he was decomposing a body in and, like, dumped the remains out. But it was, like, half decomposed and half soup of this person. Like, it was just pudding with, like, bones and, like, some appendages still. It was fucked up. So he was, like, he was dissolving them then. Yeah. Like, he he would pose them for a photo. And then he would stuff them into, like, industrial barrels. But, like, if they didn't fit, he would saw, like, their elbows. So he would, like, cut their forearms off to, like, fit them. And then he would, like, dissolve them. 
Jesus. Only their elbows? Well, like, whatever appendages. That's just, in one of the photos, that was what they were cutting, which was gross. And then after that room, we go into the Ed Gein room, and it was, you walk in and it looked like you were in a barn. Like, the barn he did all of his stuff in. They had his cauldron in the middle, and they had his shovel that he used to, like, exhume the corpses. When you walked in, because it looked like a barn, there was, like, high, there was, like, a high ceiling and rafters and shit. And they had, like, lights in behind the wood paneling, so it looked like there was, like, thunder and lightning, and, like, they had sounds and stuff. But, like, on the rafters, there was, like, so many corpses just hanging. It was, it's so weird. There's, like, legit pieces amongst things that make it cheap. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you didn't need to have the hanging corpses. Yeah. Like, that just makes it kind of cheesy. Which one was Ed Gein? Was he the one who, like, his mother died, and then he kind of lost his mind, and he had, like, upholstered yeah. yeah. lamps and shit with bodies, and he had, like, a nipple belt? And so, I guess he had, like, a cauldron that he would, I guess, make human stew <laughs> with, like, the parts he didn't want or something? I, I don't know if it's confirmed if he ate it or anything. Maybe he was just boiling the flesh off so he could, like, maybe keep the, the skulls. Because I think he was the one who turned skulls into drinking cups or something, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so, again, it could be planted, but in the cauldron, it's surrounded by, like, plexiglass. But you can look in the cauldron, and there was, like, a blood stains and hair at the bottom. But not, like, a lot of hair. Like, you could see, like, a few pieces of hair and blood stains and such at the bottom. So that was the Ed Gein room. They take you back out into the hallway. There's like a banister that goes around stairs into the basement and they stop you there. And everybody's kind of surrounding the banister and looking down the staircase. And the tour guide's like, this is the basement. This is where Zach does his rituals. Nobody's allowed to go in the basement except for (laughs) Zach. Like, we will not be taking you down there. This is completely off limits. We're all like she like the tour guides like going on and on for a few minutes about this. So I'm like leaning up against the banister. <laughs> and then the tour guide looks at me and she's like, the banister's haunted. I would recommend you do not touch it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I, I was like stood up. and I was like, OK, sweet. You could have said that before I leaned on it. How do you have a haunted banister? Yeah. 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 I was like, what the fuck that does that make mean? sense? Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, they take you through the halls. And, like, all the hallways are, like, covered in oddities. There's so much stuff to look at. As you're going down the hall, they have a little offshoot, uh, like a horseshoe offshoot. They stop you, and they said, if you'd like to go through the horseshoe and then meet us on the other side, feel free. But we have to go one at a time, and I'll direct you. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, whatever. It was my turn. They sent me, and she said, you can't stop. Like, you have to just walk through the horseshoe and meet us on the other side. Okay. I went through, and there was a bunch of, like, death masks, and, like, you turn the corner, and then there was, like, a legit shrunken head. Oh. And then some more, like, death masks, and then that was it. So it was just, like, you could go stare at a legitimate shrunken head for, like, so, 20 seconds. Like, how do you know it was a le- like, by the sounds of it, they had a bunch of trinkets and tchotchkes and shit piled up everywhere, right? Yeah. So, is there, like, signs that say, this shit's fake, but this shit is real or something? You know what I mean? 
No. Well, you kind of just have to take their word for it because they're like, mm. this stuff is real. So I'm just stating what they're stating. So there's a sign that says shrunken head of New Guinea or something. The, there is like uh, like a little plaque underneath like the exhibit. But like you're not allowed to stop, right? So you just see that. You assume it's real because you have to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't real and they were just doing that. So that way you didn't notice. I don't know. I don't know. That kind of stuff is real and it's super, super expensive to purchase. So I can see why they wouldn't want anyone to like linger in there and poke at things. Yeah. And I mean, like from what I looked at, it looked real. But I mean, I've never seen a shrunken head in my life. So I don't I, I don't know if I could tell the difference between a fake one and a real one. But it <laughs> it was creepy. Like it gave me it gave me the, the willies goose flesh. Yeah. And death masks are weird, too. Yeah. There's a lot of really weird customs that people used to do. Even like a hundred years ago that I find very strange. <laughs> yeah, Who right? Who was that woman that made us hold her death mask thing? She like came to our school and she's like, this is my death mask. <laughs> what? Do you know what? what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what do you mean? You can just <laughs> never mind that. She was like, um, like a public speaker or whatever. And she was a ex-smoker. And as was part it, of it's like, not barbed I, I think that is who it is. But when you do radiation therapy, they make you like a printed mask thing or whatever, so that you don't move while you're getting radiation. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it it's like a a netting kind of thing, but it's kind of like firm, and it straps you down the bed or the the table, so they roll you into like the area. They put this thing on you, and then it like secures you in place. If you're getting like shoulder up radiation therapy kind of thing, so like uh, brain cancers and stuff like that, right? They would use this. But anyway, she brought hers to the school and I imagine they cost like a couple of thousand to make. Oh, probably. And she's just like handing it to kids and she's like, if you smoke, you get one of these. (laughs) She's like, this is my death mask. Like, This is what I'll look like when I'm dead or something. Huh. Yikes. I don't think that I was there for that. Because I don't remember that at all. They're not really death masks. No. I don't know why she posed it as... Well, because they're trying to spook kids so that yeah. they don't they don't smoke, right? Yeah, and then we all went into the back alley and smoked after. <laughs> Curse <Yeah>. you, kids! <laughs> and now I have cancer, so I guess I didn't really learn my lesson, did I? <laughs> I hey, guess I've been not. smoke-free for just over a year. Well, you're going to get your death mask soon. Yeah, they'll send it in the mail. Do I have to pay for it? You have to send, like... 2,500 empty cigarette packs. <laughs> yeah. And 5,000 bottle it. caps. Yeah, or box stops. <laughs> and it, it's, it's made out of the foil from the inside of the cigarette packs. <laughs> yeah. I knew someone that used to chew on that foil. I used to peel it. If you um, run it over a lighter really quickly, it like dries out the backside of it so you can pull the paper off. And then you can use force to like stick it onto things. Huh. The things fucking smokers do in small towns. Anyway, sorry, continue. The next room they take you into is the celebrity death room. Celebrity death match. <laughs> that was like, I love that show. And it was just a bunch of pieces of just like dead celebrities. So they had um, pieces of dead celebrities. Not pieces of it, like pieces like of their things. Oh, okay. So that's like they had, less... I guess apparently Liberace had a known cursed piano. His piano was in there. The chair that Michael Jackson's doctor sat in to administer him drugs was there, and it had makeup all over it. Hold on a second here. (laughs) What? The chair 
that he sat in to administer drugs. Yes. <laughs> and it had makeup all over it. Yeah. Whose makeup? Like probably Michael Jackson's, assumedly. So Michael Jackson fell onto him from the drugs? No. What it was was it was like the chair that sat by his bed that his doc- uh, doctor would administer drugs, but it had, assumedly, it looked like a face smear. So it was like, I don't know, he must have fell on it one day. I don't know. Listen, buddy, I don't run the museum. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I saw and what I was told. It was in a nice chair. Like, was it comfortable? No, it was like, it was like a, well, it was like a velvet chair. So there was the piano. There was the chair. They had Sharon Tate's wedding dress. They had a photo of Chris Farley from his overdose. And that was fucked up. That was gross to see. Like after he was dead? Yeah. Like a photo of him on the ground in his room. And then another weird side tangent that the guide took us on was like, oh, we have this cool limited run thing. Zach really wants the guests to see it while we have it. You, you walk in the room, and it was just four Ghostbusters costumes. 2016, or? No, like the OG. And then he was like, this is one of the suits that Harold Ramey, Ramis wore for the shooting. And I'm assuming that's why it was in there. And is it assumed that it's haunted? <laughs> well, no. Is like, Harold Ramis dead? Yeah, he's yeah. been dead for like oh. five years. Key fact is he did not die making Ghostbusters, though. In the suits, yeah. maybe he did. I think, yeah, it was weird. So this room, it wasn't like these things are cursed. It was just these are things from dead people. Ooh, spooky. So then after that room, this is where it goes. They, I think they tried to make it a little bit more lighthearted again because these last few rooms were like, they were actually very depressing. <laughs> and like, yeah, I would say actual photos of corpses and corpses, stuff. Corpses. Oh, it gets worse. There was another room later on that. I almost had to leave it. It was so fucked up. Anyway, so we go into this room and it was like P.T. Barnum themed, like this sideshow was kind of like talking about freak shows. There's an actual little person that was dressed up and was like doing this like spiel and was playing up the fact that they were a little person. And I was like, okay, this feels wrong. Like what would they do? Were they like, oh, can you reach this for me? I'm a little person. No, they were just, like, talking about, like, sort of explain, like, they were just talking about, like, the freak shows of the past and, like, everything that they did and such. Yeah, freak shows, I mean, a lot of them took advantage of the people in them. Yeah. Because those people had no other way to make money. Yeah. They were doing their spiel, and then as the spiel was going, there was kind of like a carnival, like, cart in the same room, and then all of a sudden bursts out of the cart there's like clowns and they just come <laughs> running at everybody and they're screaming and it's spooky clowns oh that's like how my work is right now a fucking clown car full of clowns <laughs> then they're like those of you who don't want to go in the next room follow me the rest of us let's go and they didn't say like they they would refuse to say what was in the next room it was either you're going <laughs> or you're not so take your pick and i was like okay well i guess i'll just go through it so you go in the room, you go up a set of stairs, and then you are in a hallway that is, like, so tight that, like, my shoulders were, like, wall to wall. You walk down, there's strobing lights, and the walls are lined with mannequins of clowns that are, like, so <laughs> close to you that, like, you're basically, like, bumping them as you're walking through. And some of them are people, <laughs> and they're jumping out at you. 
and there's scary music and it was basically just a haunted house it was all right but it was like again it made it feel like a cheap attraction Schlocky. yeah mm-hmm. so I, like i get they were trying to lighten the mood but i don't know it just feels weird and then you go kind of in like this weird nook they put you in this weird nook and the guide's like i'll be right back i gotta go check something and i'm like okay something's <laughs> gonna happen and it's just like bookcases on like three sides so like behind you there's a bookcase on the sides there's bookcases and then in the front of you is where is the hallway that you were just like walking down and then you got shuffled into this nook so you're waiting for the for the tour guide and all of a sudden the bookcase behind you swings open and then somebody jump scares you from behind and then you go through the like secret passage and then you're in like this big grandiose dinner hall i would kill for a bookcase that was a door right it was pretty cool. I don't know where I would put it in my house, though. It was pretty cool. Uh, but you're in this dinner hall, and like um, they're like, this is where Zach comes with people and does seances and blah, blah, blah. So can you rent Zach? Huh? They say he does seances with people. Like, how do you... Is there like a VIP package to this tour where Zach will do a seance <laughs> with you? No, but that would be pretty sweet. I guess the the guides in this place talk about Zach like he's a god. And I'm fairly certain they are contractually obligated to speak about him this way. They're like, Zach comes here every three days. He's such a cool guy. He's so down earth. He loves us. He loves what we do. We if know, there's like, someone who does family. not seem down to fucking earth, it's Zach Baggins. <laughs> right? Like, that guy has his head up in the fucking clouds more than anyone. <laughs> anyway, they just talk about him throughout the tour like he's like their friend. So I think that's what he means when he, when they're like, oh, like he just brings people and, you know, he hangs out in the house and he like does seances, you know, you know, we're all family mm-hmm. here, like that kind of thing. <laughs> it's weird. So anyway, in the dinner room, it's big and open. And then there's like an upstairs floor, but it's like the kind where you can like peer over the banister and see the, mm, yep. the dining room. So you go upstairs. The next three rooms are pretty damn dark so i think they had dark then they tried to lighten the mood for a little bit and then it's going into dark territory again so the first room you go into a staging room either our guide was an exceptional actor or (laughs) she was genuinely terrified but it was like this old lady and she was like i don't want to go in this room but i gotta take you in this room i'm not staying in this room any longer than i have to we're going in you're going to look at the thing, and I'm leaving. And I was like, okay. So she really <laughs> sold it, whether or not she was trying to or not. And then she she's like, okay, let's go. She was, like, teary-eyed almost. Yeah, this room better be fucking magnificent. Right. So you go in the room, and it's just one thing in the middle of the room with a spotlight on it. And you just kind of, the guide's like, walk in the room and go up against the wall with your back and just stay there. And we're like, okay. okay, so you go in the room and it's a box. And this is what I was talking to you about in our Intro to Demons episode. Uh-huh. It was the Dybbuk box. Mm. So the Dybbuk box was owned by a Jewish lady who had survived the Holocaust. And she believed that a demon had been following her. So she trapped it in an old wine box and inscribed a Jewish prayer on the back of the box. And then after she passed, the box had been passed down to a bunch of people. And there was reports of bad dreams and and hauntings and, you know, like heart attacks and yada yada, typical stuff. And then it finally ended up in Zach's 
clutches <laughs> and has now been placed in the museum. So it's in a case surrounded by salt and sage and then in a glass case. That was it. You just look at the box. You can read the prayer on the back. Um, when we were there, there was fingerprints in the salt ring. Is the prayer in Hebrew? Yeah. Oh, okay. But they had a translation of the prayer like on a podium on the side. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of cool. I don't remember, but it was uh, it was a good prayer. So can I ask you something? Yeah. I mean, I might not know the answer, but yeah. You noticed in the the waiting room the old woman mm -hmm. with the pocket Bible, right? She was freaking out this entire time, like yeah. screaming and crying. And I told her before we went into the actual thing, I literally yeah. went up to her and I was like, just stay behind me. And if anything shows up, <laughs> it can get me. I don't care. Mm. I was just trying to make this old lady feel better. But like she was so scared. And like a lot of the stuff was optional. Mm -hmm. Like the skeleton, like staring at the skeleton was optional. The shrunken heads was optional. So anything that was optional, she would not do. She was not having a good time. And like crying. <laughs> like she was crying the whole time. And what was, what was her daughter? <laughs> oh, she was just like, oh, mom, suck it up. This is so cool. Mm. This is the one thing I wanted to do while we were in Vegas. Suck it up for me. And I'm like, dude, if my mom was like that, I would just be like, okay, it's not worth it. Let's just go home. <laughs> like I can yeah. come back yeah. another time. That woman probably thought she was legit going to be cursed leaving this place. Well, yeah, especially when like if she believes in this stuff and the waiver is like, if you're followed home, we are not liable. If your heirs are cursed, we are not liable. If you have faint of heart, we are not liable. Like, So you look at the Dybbuk box for a while and... <laughs> This one comment that the guide made made me, like, actually laugh. She was like, oh, on the side of the room, there's a donation box, and the demon won't try to follow you if you put money in the donation box. And I was like, you mean a tip box? You're just trying to use the Dybbuk box to trick us into giving you tips. So I was like, fuck that. I'm not putting any money he in the He should box. be trapped inside the box, so he shouldn't be able to leave. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So what if you take money out of the tip box? Ooh. Is he guaranteed to follow you then? Ooh, I should have tried that. <laughs> My plan is to piss off as many supernatural things as possible throughout <laughs> our podcast <laughs> and then get them to fight each other when they come to my house. Oh, yeah. Like the ring versus the grudge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. Dybbuk versus the skinwalker. Mm. Oh, yeah. So then people like almost everybody in the group put like a buck in the in the donation box except for me because i'm not a sucker mm. um, hey what is that movie that's got the supernatural things that all fight each other like the monsters yeah is it like monster deathmatch or Mos something monster brawl isn't it yes that is what it is monster it's a fucking brawl. awesome movie it's only got 3.6 out of 10 stars well it's not the conjurer well it doesn't right? sound like a high class piece of art it's not in zach baggins hall of bullshit it's funny that you mentioned The Conjuring because there was stuff from Ed and Lorraine. So we leave the the Dybbuk box room. Oh, one last thing about the Dybbuk box. I kind of mentioned it before we talked about the, the lady who was screaming and crying. Mm -hmm. um, there was finger marks in the salt ring. Yeah. So like it was trying to escape. The guide was like, oh, it's toying with us because it's trying to break the salt ring with its finger. And I'm like, okay, you could have just took the glass case off and drew a line and did you, when you were in high school, did you ever take forensics? Uh, we didn't have forensics. Oh. I don't Because <laughs> you can tell which direction the fingerprints are going, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, if we went there tomorrow, could we see, mm-hmm. oh, the fingerprints are leading into the box or out of the box? From how it looked, like, let's say the front of the cabinet is facing forward. Mm-hmm. It looked like the finger mark was coming from the cabinet and, like, kind of, like, made a little bit of an indent in the salt ring. What kind of salt was it? Don't know. Was it kosher salt? <laughs> I knew you Was it pink Himalayan salt? <laughs> no, it was not pink Himalayan salt. <laughs> was it ground or coarse salt? Like rock salt or it was like fine uh, table, like salt. table salt. I think it has to be finely ground because technically, if you're making a salt ring about around something, it can't be broken, right? Yeah. Mm, sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, most of the stuff in the museum could easily just be like, okay, they did this and set it up. But Could you make like a moat out of salt water and it would have the same effect? You know what I mean? Like vampires can't cross water, right? Yeah, in some mythologies, yeah. I mean, in the good ones. What if, <laughs> what if you just had two moats, one that was just water and one that was just salt? <laughs> then you wouldn't have to worry about it. And then you could put like, freshwater crocodiles in one and then saltwater crocodiles in the other. Well, no, I'm saying the other one's just salt. No water. Salt crocodiles. Put the salt monster from uh, Star Trek in there. The salt vampire or whatever it was called. Hey, did you know that there's a Star Trek movie made by uh, Snoop Dogg? What? Yeah, Dylan watched it recently. He said it was actually pretty good. I vaguely remember hearing about this. Apparently, it's just Snoop Dogg likes Star Trek, so he got a bunch of the actors to, like, mm. just do some acting scenes, basically. And it, I guess Dylan said it looks like they're all having a good time, so. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah. how could you not? And I guess there's, like, a marionette doll that's made to look like Captain Kirk. Yeah, and it's on um, Prime, I think. Ooh. Oh. It's either Prime or Tubi, I can't remember. All the shitty things are on Prime, like, for real. I know, that's why Prime is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I never said that was a bad thing. Just it seems to me like if you want like bad movies or like like really really indie movies, you go to Prime. Yeah. So, can I ask you something about the Dybbuk box? So, have you ever seen the movie The Possession? Yes. Is it like that? Okay, so it starts off, spoiler alert, it starts off this grandma, she caught a demon in a Dybbuk box or whatever. And then the demon makes her do like a front flip through a coffee table kind of thing and die. Okay. So in the estate sale, this little kid gets the Dybbuk box and then it's like turns people into butterflies or something. Okay. But it's like this box that has all these like sigils and engravings and like has a mirror on the inside. Okay. So that the demon always has to look at itself. Oh. Did they go into detail like this, or were they like, this is just a box with the... They didn't talk about what was inside the box, because apparently the box has not been opened since mm. Zach's gotten it. Shitty movie, by the way, just so you guys know. Yeah? Shitty movie. No, I would don't recommend it. Like, I, I looked up the movie on my phone, and like the box just looks like a brown box, like in the movie. Like, in real life, it's like a big, like, three-foot-tall, like, wine chest. cabinet kind of thing. Yeah. Can't anything be a Dybbuk box? Like, couldn't you get, like, a shoe box and put a prayer on it and catch a demon in there? Yeah. Like, but... couldn't the ghost trap from Ghostbusters be considered a Dybbuk box? Sure. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know the specificities, but what I'm getting at is, like, 
they call it a Dybbuk box, and the Dybbuk box was called that because the Dybbuk is the Jewish word for demon. So, like, if they're mm-hmm. calling it a Dybbuk box, they're clearly basing it upon that. At least that's how I would envision it. Yeah, I don't think a Dybbuk is actually... I think, like, a Dybbuk is... Um, it's just a demon. ...comparable to a demon, but it's more like... I think it's like a soul that has been trapped in the realm of the living, and then it, like, mm. preys upon the living. Oh. But it, it's... it. Depending on what your beliefs of what demons are or are not, it could be considered a demon. Mm. Okay, so the next room they take you into is the Peggy the Doll room. Peggy the Doll. Yeah, so apparently Peggy the Doll is some haunted doll that is known to hurt or cause emotional distress even through electronic devices. So if you see a photo of Peggy, you are in for a treat. Mm, I'm going to look her up right now. <laughs> she just looks like a doll. Oh. Is this um, a Raggedy Ann doll? No. Oh, no. no. She's like not a... even scary looking. No. Robert the doll is scarier than Peggy the doll. Oh, yeah. Robert the doll and isn't the Annabelle doll at the Ed and Lorraine Museum? I'm pretty sure. So anyway, um, when you go in the hallway, before you go in the room, the tour guide's like, okay, when you go in, you have to say, hello, Peggy. And when you leave, you have to say, goodbye, Peggy. If you don't say these things, bad shit's going to happen. Okay. They send me in. I walk in there and I'm like, Hello, Peggy. She's in the back in a case. I thought you were going to say cage. In a cage, yeah. She's just like <laughs> at the fucking bars of the cage, just shaking them. Let me out, let me out, let me out. So if you if you don't speak English, can you be like, hola, Peggy, or like, guten tag, Peggy? <laughs> She's in a cage, or a case, <laughs> um, and there's a live spirit box, like, continuously going... Like, on the pedestal next to her. So okay. I was like, hello, Peggy. No reply. Kind of stood there for a minute. Didn't really know what to do. It's pitch black in this room. I'm, I'm like, trying to think. Of, like, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to say. So I was like, how are you today, Peggy? And then nothing for a little bit. And then bad came through the spirit box. And I was like, okay, that's my cue to leave. <laughs> and so I was like, goodbye, Peggy. And then I left because I didn't want to fuck around with that for much longer. Yeah, and then so you kind of just wait outside of the room until everybody who wants to go in and talk to Peggy has gone in and talked to Peggy. You don't have to go in by yourself. You can go in, like, if you're with some friends, you can all go in at the same time. But I just went in by myself. What's the story behind Peggy? Uh, They didn't say. They were just, like, haunted doll known to do bad things. That's pretty much it. So I, I didn't have time to look her up before the podcast. Probably should have. <laughs> Maybe you could come prepared next time. <laughs> it would be nice if I you know, did things like that. But Thanks. We'll be docking your pay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. My three cents is down to one. <laughs> um, we only have three rooms left. The next room was by far the hardest room to be in. Ooh. And it was for a serial killer I didn't even know about before going. Robert Brodello? Yeah, the Kansas City murderer. So he would uh, he would lure male prostitutes and then he would torture them for days and days. And they had so many photos of his victims. Ooh. And it was horrific, like genuinely so horrific. Uh, he would take bleach on Q-tips and rub their eyes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, this guy is fucked up. Yeah, he would um, 
nail spikes into people's legs and then hook a car battery up to them for five minutes at a time. Yeah, he tried to do the whole zombie thing where he, like, made sex zombies. Yeah. If he was tired of hearing them scream, he would inject bleach into their Adam's apple. So there was tons of photos of all this stuff. And then there was his cot that had all of his victims there, and it was, like, coated in blood and shit stains. Yeah, because he chained the guys down to it, his victims down to it, and then uh, would leave for work and shit. Really hard to be in that room. It was disgusting. I just felt so gross. I didn't, like, like I said, I didn't know about this serial killer before going in there, so it was, like, an extra shock to the system. Because mm-hmm. they said going in, this is the Robert Bradello room. And I was like, maybe that means something to somebody, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it was, fuck, it was freaky. Then the next room had Charles Manson's ashes and his hospital gown. And then it had a brain, a heart, and a hand all in formaldehyde, which is spooky. Ooh. Don't know whose. Did you guys go to um, Body Worlds when it came by? Yeah. Like three decades ago, yeah. <laughs> well, it came by twice. One was a while ago, and then one was maybe like five years ago. I remember going as like a child. Oh. Must be okay. nice to be <laughs> so young. And then there, but there was an animal one that I didn't go to. Yeah, I went to that one too. Yeah, But when they came around the first time, it was all the humans, and they had like a preserved lung, and then they also had a preserved kidney that you could hold. Yeah, Body Worlds is wild. I think I went with you both times, didn't I? I'm pretty sure you did, yeah. Fuck, I need more friends. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so the the whatever in the jar, they don't have any sort of significance to anyone. No. It's just, here's some shit. Here's some spooky things. I only wrote that down because I just remember seeing it. Like, it wasn't like it was, like, on prominent display. It was just one of the things on the shelves that I was like, oh, shit. It's funny that they wouldn't have, like, if you were doing, like, a theme thing, that you wouldn't have Charles Manson's ashes with, like, Sharon Tate's wedding dress. Right. Maybe uh, text Zach when we're done this. Okay. I'll let him know. Put it to him. I shall let him know when we're done this. I'll try to set up a meeting for us to all reconvene with him. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a seance in his seance room after doing some yeah, rituals maybe he'll invite in the, us ritual, into the basement. ritual basement. That'd be dope. So there was um, a few other rooms. I don't remember much from them. I remember one was there was some paranormal investigator. It was like a lady, but she was like just by herself. Like it wasn't Ed and Lorraine, and she would take selfies of herself. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like something happened. Like she started being followed by something and you could see like her degradation. So they had like a wall of all of her selfies. And by the end of it, it was like she was just like super skinny and pale. And like the selfie was like a day before her death. You could just see like the first like half of the wall was just like she was happy and like working on whatever. And then it was just like something happened and now she's dead. Could it? So I don't really know much about that. Like, I don't remember much. I'm trying to look for it, and I don't see anything besides just a bunch of people taking selfies of themselves and saying they're paranormal investigators. Like us. <laughs> yeah. But is it possible that this woman just had some sort of, like, medical condition, like... No. Oh, very well. No, like it's cancer. ghosts. <laughs> Maybe it was ghost cancer. Ooh. <laughs> 
how are you supposed to treat that? <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that one I didn't like think much significance because I kind of wrote it off just like we are now. Like I would like to look into it more, but I don't remember the name of the lady and I don't remember the time period. Like I got to do some more delving on that one. And then there was another room that had some stuff from Ed and Lorraine and there was a case. I don't remember what the case was called, but I remember it was significant solely because it was the guide was very excited to say, this is the case that The Conjuring 3 is going to be based on. Oh. Mm. And they had a rocking chair. Uh, maybe if I explain what was there, it might jog some of your guys' memory on it if you know this case. But it was like, um, it was about a kid and the kid would always sit in this one rocking chair. And when he sat in the rocking chair, he would be very at peace. But as soon as he was like, taken out of the rocking chair he would turn into like this like fucking freak of nature and the rocking chair would rock back and forth by itself when he wasn't in it so it was like this rocking chair kept calling to him kind of thing yeah and then ed and lorraine went and banished the chair or the demon from the chair or whatever <laughs> they just showed up with a hammer and, be- and <laughs> broke the chair <laughs> breaking the chair like office space yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i just want to point out something just doing some research since you didn't, but... Tough crowd tonight, Jesus Christ. Along with the VIP thing I was talking about, there's a flashlight ghost tour mm-hmm. that's $200 per person through the Haunted Museum, and it's one and a half hours long. One and a half hours long? Is that, like, yeah. less than the other tour? Because I thought that was three hours. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Well... Ooh, caught in a lie. Here we are. <laughs> it was it was really long. Like it did take multiple hours, but that was I'm probably also including waiting in fucking line and yeah. shit and staging area and magician yeah. and fucking gift shop with and... a bunch of crying ladies too, right? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it says on the website that there's like 30 rooms. So, I mean, that's a yeah. lot of rooms to get through. Yeah, and like there's a few rooms that I've skipped over because they were just, there's like nothing of importance. Really. Yeah. Okay, so after the Charles Manson room, we're on to the last room of the tour. You go into a small, small room, like it was it was an optional room, um, and so it was me and like two other people. We go in this room, and it was so small that like we were shoulder to shoulder. The guide's like, okay, we're going to play this small video for you, and then after the video, you'll have the option to leave or stay. Ooh. Okay, we're in this like room. It, it, it's so small and it, all the walls are black. So it's just like pitch dark in this room. And then the TV turns on and Zach starts talking about a demon house in Gary, Indiana. Oh, is this the movie? Yes. Uh-huh. With the basement that's a portal to hell. Yeah. Um, He's like, we have brought the basement here. Excuse me, what? <laughs> so he's like, if you want to stay, you will go through the door. And you will be in the basement. We have transported everything here, including the dirt. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) So we stayed. And then the walls, because they're just like these black walls, they just like drop down. Like it was like either a extremely perfect recreation of that basement or it was the basement. They weren't joking. They actually brought the basement. (laughs) (laughs) It was um, weird that... In, like, the tiny little room, obviously because it was so small and it was just a black room, it was very hot. But as soon as the walls went down, it was, like, instantly freezing. Like, it wasn't, like, cool winds. 
it was just like very cold right away and that was kind of weird like and they're like yeah basically this is a portal to hell if you stand in this room we're not liable for what might follow you home so basically what i'm trying to tell you guys is i stood in a portal to hell and you guys have to respect my opinion now more than you have been (laughs) thank you very much opinion of what though Portals to hell, obviously. Oh, okay. Well, really, You're anything. A subject of matter expert. Now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm Dante. Do you get a T-shirt that says, "I was at a portal to hell, and all I got was this stupid T-shirt"? That should be our merch. Yeah. Um, but then, then you go to the gift shop, and it was a cool gift shop. They had lots of like oddities you could buy, and tarot cards. You know the typical shit, and T-shirts and sweaters. Yeah. I got a T-shirt because, I mean, why not? And that was it. That's the haunted museum. It sounds like it was a fun time. I understand why they like dramatized a lot of it because you don't yeah. want to. If you were going into a single room that was a room of oddities, it would be one thing. But it's a whole mansion, like thirty rooms. You got to yeah. have like you got to play up the experience of it too, I've right? Padded out a bit. Yeah, I enjoyed it. People say that like, oh, Zach's always getting new pieces, so the rooms are changing. But like before I went. I watched a YouTube video on a couple that had gone, and this was from a few like a few years even before I went that it was uploaded to YouTube, and they kind of like explained their walkthrough. I watched it this weekend to like kind of refresh my brain because they talked in depth of every room, and literally our walkthroughs were the exact same. So I don't actually think that the rooms get updated that like people think. Or at least if they get updated, it's just like an oddity here or there in a room that you'd never notice. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they put another fetus in this room. Well, cool. Yeah, I can't imagine there's a lot of this stuff on the market to get bought. And like, there's there's got to be more than his museum of oddities that are also clamoring to get all this stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. I, I'm happy that I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned quite a bit about different serial killers and stuff and kind of not got respect, but I kind of like was put in my place more that there's some really fucked up people out there and this shit actually happened. Because, you know, like you hear so much about serial killers and you kind of desensitize to it. But when you like kind of see more of that shit up close, you're like, OK, like this isn't just movies. This is actual real shit. But otherwise, yeah, it was it, it's an attraction. Like if anybody plans on going, just just know that it's mostly an attraction with a little bit very minute educational details. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, though. I'd love to go. I'd love to spend the extra money and like meet Zach Baggins and do a ritual. That would be right? fucking fantastic. Have you guys ever gone on the Moose Jaw Tunnel Tour? No. I've never even heard of it. Okay, so... Is it in Moose Jaw? Yes, it is. Okay, well, I've never been to Moose Jaw, so... Back in the Prohibition days, Al Capone had a bunch of tunnels dug from, like, Chicago or whatever to Moose Jaw where they would run booze through and everything. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, an office set up there, and the whole town was basically bought and paid for by Al Capone. And they take you on this tour... And it goes through, like, his office, and they have, like, an animatronic bartender and stuff. So everyone's dressed in, like, period dresses and talks, period talk and everything like that. So it's super immersive. And they, like, talk with the animatronic kind of thing. So the whole thing, it's pretty cool. Like, you start, you walk across the street, and then when you end, you're, like, two streets over, but you've never left any of the tunnels kind of thing. Oh, okay. 
but there's like animatronic stuff and like everything in these tunnels and then there's like a gunfight that you like narrowly avoid kind of thing like they (laughs) some guy bursts in during the tour and says oh like the cops are here you gotta cheese it kind of thing so then the tour guide (laughs) shuffles you into this room and then you just hear a bunch of like tommy gunfire and stuff like that in the hallways it sounds like kind of the same like the tour guides are prompted on their sections right and then they just interact with everything and they they're actors kind of thing right like I was saying for the other one, I feel like it's more about the experience because mm. who's going to remember going into a, a room of oddities when it's like, oh, it's um, a jackalope or, you know, some fetuses in a jar versus, oh, man, there was like a Tommy gun fight and, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a fucking Zoltan machine of Zach Baggins mm. and right? he told me to be careful and stare into a skeleton for five minutes. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Is this the only haunted museum that you've been to? Me personally, yes, but I do want to go to the Ed and Lorraine. Lorraine Museum. So, so uh, what's up next on the old pod podcast? I am currently putting together an episode on ghost hunting. Ooh. Ooh, topical. So, like, how to go about ghost hunting? What you need in your kit? Are we perchance going to partake in some ghost hunting? I would like to. Pandemic. Well, <laughs> obviously, there's a pandemic. <laughs> always the naysayer well actually we should be allowed group activities by then right yeah well i don't know depends if we were mlas we could just fly wherever we wanted (laughs) (laughs) because i'm researching what you need to have in your ghost hunting kit i am also slowly accumulating items for our ghost hunting kit so when the province does open up we'll be ready to go nice I looked in, by the way, more about my exorcist course. Ooh, yes. Because mm. um, I assumed there would be some sort of prerequisite. <laughs> There's not. Money. That's the only prerequisite is you have to yeah. have paid. Yeah. And I read the frequently asked questions and somebody said, I don't know anything about the Bible. Is this course okay for me? And they said yes. So <laughs> I'm good. Perfect. They said it would be a very intensive way to learn scripture. Do you think maybe we could get a deal and all three of us take the course? I'm not taking that. You don't want to be an exorcist? No. I've got enough horrible credentials that I don't need. Oh. So before we go, Jess, did you make a schedule for streaming yet? No, but what I've been doing so far is just streaming every Friday night at 6.30 Mountain Time. So uh, right now I'm just doing... Call of Cthulhu, and I think I'm like three quarters of the way through it. I have no idea how long that game is. Is it good? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Is it just a walking simulator or? It's a role playing survival horror game. Ooh, role playing. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, if you like the um, HP Lovecraft mythos and you enjoy horror games, you'll probably like it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this was night. Thanks for having us. Night of the podcast. I was Justin. I'm Jessica. I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but are you bleeding? Not as much, but that's good. Still consistent. Well, try and keep your blood inside your body. I don't care anymore. That's all right. Okay. All right, everyone. See bye. you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Night of the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this romp through the macabre. You can find links to all our socials on Linktree. 
l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash night of the podcast for suggestions on future episodes please email night of the listener at gmail.com